your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in studio with me today, and I need to take a picture before you leave while you're sitting there. Is UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist Spencer Wilkin, who won't be you won't just we can we, we you won't be the UWL specialist here in a couple of months, right? Correct. I mean, yeah, heading out. She's heading to Illinois, the University of Illinois. We're not sure why she didn't go to Madison. No, I'm just kidding. I would uh, love to go to Madison. She's getting what a her cool campus. PhD in astronomy. Does Madison have? They have to have a PhD in astronomy, right? Yes, they do. It's a okay. it's a very competitive program, but mine is very specialized. Which is why I wanted to go to Illinois. And you're from there. And I'm from <laughs> there. <laughs> yep, there's two benefits. Well, and actually, just because I'm from there, I mean, I don't know. Once you taste Wisconsin, Illinois just feels so bland. <laughs> and also, you are possibly responsible for the new mascot of Illinois. Yes, and they, the university just announced that they are officially considering a new mascot. Uh, Vice Chancellor Sean Garrick, actual quote, we are considering a new mascot. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's like the coin went from 49% to 51%, but we're still excited. And and that's important because that just that's just like code for we have this other mascot that isn't an Indian or a Native American, however you want to describe that, and we're going to change that. We already – like they already know, even if people don't know, that it's going to be the Kingfisher. This is just like – Baby steps. Baby steps, yep. The university's slowly coming around. Whether or not it'll be the Kingfishers yet to be determined, but we are still the leading option. Okay, on today's show, we're, we have, there's probably 75 things on this list, so <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to so start, many. stop, go, but I will just, I'll throw some out there. Living on Mars. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that one, which might get into a diatribe by me about the show on Amazon Prime called The Expanse. We're going to talk about heard good things. We're going to talk about solar panels. Yes, just because they're fun, and more and more individuals are getting solar panels. I think, especially. I don't know if they're, know if they're fun. I mean, <laughs> they're prevalent. That's for sure. They are. They're important, around. I think, um, but not solar panels on Mars. We won't. We're not there yet. Not quite. Well, actually, some point in this conversation, sometime. years down the road, probably when we're dead, there'll be a conversation about solar panels. Well, maybe not even on Mars. Well, the, the, think, the sun's weaker there. There's a lot more dust. I think by the end of our Mars conversation, we'll be like, mm, maybe we just go to the next planet. <laughs> Let's um, give Venus a try because they feel about the same. So, and then part of that conversation too is traveling to Mars, which is part of my expanse thing. I wanted to talk about going back to the moon. This, we, uh, the whole show we did last time was about the moon, right? Like kind of yep. um, the lunar conspiracy landing. theories on whether or not we actually went to the moon. Yep, and that so, was – what an adventure that was. And, but we never really got into – did we really get – we never really got into we're going back to the moon. We kind of forgot that whole part of the conversation because there's so many conspiracy theories to get to. <laughs> but the U.S. is – Yep, we're going you know, back. Artemis mission in late 2025. But We're trying to send folks back. Keeps, it feels like we keep pushing that back. A little bit. Yeah. Which me, is weird because we went there like 50 years ago. Why can't <laughs> we go? Well, the Artemis mission tests were definitely played with particularly challenging challenges. Challenging challenges. <laughs> if you will. Um, all right. So there's that. There's SpaceX news. Yeah. I'm just grabbing the list here. Is there some of this? Okay. Solar panel we got. You have oh, one, we have you to have talk about the UFO. You have one literally like in yeah. front of meh. <laughs> okay, this is like minor news. So it's you might see this headline around that Earth has a newly discovered quasi-moon. This is like one of seven. Uh, but we have a moon that's been chilling with Earth in our orbit 
since 100 BC. You put Matt in front of this one? This oh, is yeah, like I'm so sorry. News. We this have is... a new moon that's been around since 100 BC, and we just discovered it. Um, it's like it's way out there, and we're going to lose it by like, like less than 1,000 years. But for a brief time, we're going to have a moon, another moon. Okay. And then NASA's talking about UFOs again? Yes, a public meeting, the first. And then there was one other one. I was just, uh, you you get talking and I think about something else and then I lose it. Oh, we got to talk about the outreach program as well. Yeah, I got to tell you about all these fun things that are happening on our campus. Oh, Northern Lights. We have to talk about that because the last time you were here, I think we had two episodes where we could see the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. I think when you were here, I think that night we could see the Northern Lights. It was like one of those, if you would have came on the day before or the day after, it would have been perfect (laughs) to talk about. But when you come on the day of, we can't talk about it. It's like, ooh, tonight we might see some. Yeah, because by the time anyone listens to the show afterwards, it's it's over. It's it's said and done with. I'm always thinking a little bit ahead. Um, All right, so... Is there any of these that we can just real quick, like, let's get it out of the way. It's important. It's interesting. But it's two minutes. Throwing uh, this at you. Uh, well, I, well I, th- I think the Northern Lights is pretty interesting. Um, and so there, you might have noticed that there's been a lot more frequent uh, Northern Light activity and especially more extreme, like going farther south. Is uh, this doom and gloom? No, it's cool. Okay. Uh, it's just I get cool. the Northern Lights are cool, but like sometimes it's like, oh, when the sky's really pretty, someone would be like, that's because of all the pollution. And you're like, oh. <laughs> what? You so is it, that? is it related to that or the forest fires? We can see the Northern Lights because the forest fires are reflecting from the, from a lot, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, technically the, the force behind the Northern Lights is very lethal, yes, but um, it is a peak in solar activity. So if you're an astronaut, not good news. Uh, and if you like a lot of tech things, it could be dangerous. So it is doom okay, and gloom. Okay, <laughs> so it's technically doom and gloom. Why is all science sad? I don't understand. Um, but, yeah, so th- there's a peak in solar activity. So this year we'll be seeing even more solar activity and more northern lights that are incredibly strong, which means that um, whenever that uh, electric the, – the solar flare – hits Earth's magnetic field, it will be a very reactive uh, reaction, and it will cause the uh, northern lights to, to be stronger and go farther down onto Earth's can I just surface. Make, can I just make fun of the potential PhD going reactive reaction? Well, there? you know, so I don't have it yet. I, have, I don't have the smarts yet. Um, why is it doom and gloom news for astronauts is that because they it's it's dangerous for them to be in space or is mm-hmm. there something more to the solar sun's flares. solar flares and that's bad for us or bad for why is it bad well solar flares are uh really strong electro electromagnetic waves uh, uh like a plasma and so whenever that hits earth it can interrupt other things that use electromagnetic waves because they're much more powerful they'll overwhelm things like cell phone towers or Wi-Fi connections or the internet, which, of course, you and me don't like. If you're an astronaut, you have an additional consideration because you are not protected by EM, the uh, electromagnetic field around Earth. So that big old wallop of energy will hit your spaceship, not only messing with the uh, electromagnetic materials and instruments in there, but you will also get pelted with those particles and the energy. Um, That's radiation energy. uh, Does it give you sunburn? Yes, maybe. But if you're like, not protected, in a weird way, <laughs> a little bit, maybe like internal sunburn on is the it inside. Just like when you in the movies when you're exposed to nuclear fallout, it's like something like that. Uh, related to that. It, well, so because it's a very quick duration, you have to pass through the wave, yeah. not quite as sustained long term exposure, but the, it still creates the same mutations in your cells. If it's uh, a really strong hit, 
and it breaks your DNA down because it's energy, then you can get that same effect. Also, this is how the Fantastic Four were created. I don't know if you knew this. I did not know this. You know the Fantastic Four? I'm familiar. Like the rubber guy and the invisible woman. Yeah, and, and the and big the rock guy. That, and the rock guy and the guy that this turns into the thing. And then the guy that turns into the solar, like he basically oh, turns into the fire. flare. Yeah. What, what's his name? Forgot. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. <laughs> it's Chris Evans. All right, that's Spencer Wilkin, UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. We're going to talk science for the rest of the show. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solov. In studio with me is UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist Spencer Wilkin. We're going to talk about science for the rest of the show today, and just a lot of a lot of it's space science. But before we get to that, I'm going to ground us for a second and make it local. I'm make the show local on the way in. I had to stop and save a turtle. So I'm one turtle this year. I think I did I did three last year, but one was I did one last year on the pike. So between La Crescent and La Crosse, and it was a, this giant snapping turtle. So I don't, I don't know if you're a turtle aficionado or if you can describe why you would know it's a snapping turtle. I think maybe it's the tail, but I just like I, I remember the shell is um, also ridged, which is not very common. Around it was like a ridged shell. That's, oh, okay. That's super distinct. So it's it's distinctive, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I thought. So I Google. I'm like, yep, this is this. and it's on the pike, very busy. So in that regard, you get a floor mat out of your car, mm-hmm. and you kind of like. I think I had a. T- I usually have a towel because I'm always going to or from a, a sporting event that I'm playing in, and I put him on the. But I couldn't do it. Like I just I was freaking out because he was huge, and uh-huh. I'm like, this guy will bite my hand off. And they I, they you know absolutely will. I don't want that. So, and then somebody else kind of figured out that I was st ruggling. That's how you <laughs> struggle. Um, and he actually stopped, pulled over, and he was a bad ace about it. And he just he pulled it right over. He didn't even grab the floor mat, and it was it was all Unfazed sudden done. So I was like, oh, turtle. you've either done this before, or you have no fear of your hands leaving your body. So. Um, Yep, so one little, and this turtle that I saved today was just, he, he was fine. He was cruising along, and then he stopped as I drove by. And I'm like, really? You're going to stop right there? Like, you're so close to the edge. And I'm kind of watching in my rear view, and I'm like, nope, he's not moving. So I did the U-turn real quick. And um, so watch it out there. Turtles, I guess maybe because it's really hot out, because I feel like it's kind of late in the season. You're not the biologist that knows all things turtles. But, I will not claim to know turtles. Right, so... But, uh, yeah, tur- I, and I think the Campbell Police Department put out a notice that, hey, watch out for turtles as well. So while you're driving and listening to us, uh, keep your eyes literally on the road for little circles. Yeah, um, with right. legs on them specifically. Do we want to do Mars or UFOs? I think, I think let's talk about Mars in a minute, but let's talk about NASA and UFOs right now. Cause I, yes, I, because turtles in space. Well, turtles in space, <laughs> because I think maybe the UFO thing could go to a Martian conversation. Or we could just talk about the movie The Martian if you wanted and growing potatoes. Fantastic movie. It's so good. <laughs> a comedy. It won best comedy that year, The Martian. Like It's what? like a dramedy. Like the, the, it's not drama in a tr- it's like dramatic comedy. Um all right. So but yeah, what is the deal? A NASA's renamed UFOs. We're not calling them UFOs anymore. What? Yep. Because that's too triggering for us or <laughs> it's, something? It's well, just I mean, honestly, you're kinda hit the nail on the head. Uh UFO is a as a, a phrase that's been around for a very long time. It has a pretty strong stigma around it. Yeah, the connotation uh, is it's a it's a gray Mr. Gray is flying around in a circle saucer ship, right? Like Mr. Gray is that like big eyed? Oh, is that does he have a real name? Yeah, well, I I think I get that from a Stephen King book, but like that's kind of like in other movies he's called like the Gray Man or something. Well, I don't, I don't even know why he's gray, but he's usually they're gray with big black eyes, so, yeah, like, giant eyes. So 
I don't know why we do. You, why are you confused? You don't, don't know, know about this? I've never heard of him being called Mr. Gray. I well, mean, I'm familiar woman, with the imagery. I guess. Mr. and Mrs. Gray. I mean, if we discovered not only but were they aliens, what? but they also had f- male and female, I mean. Oh, he's a villain in a movie. Ooh. I Wikipedia it. Um, I'm not going to know this off the top of my head, though. Oh, Dreamcatcher. That's the Stephen King movie. Okay, that's the where classic. I get that. That's uh, where I get everyone's that, but, heard of. Um, but. Anyway, so look at all the look at all the pictures of the, just the the big eyed alien. So one wearing a business suit. That's great. So this right here, this NASA's like we need to have our first ever public meeting addressing UFOs, which are now UAPs or unidentified uh, anomalous phenomenon. I'm looking up now. I'm looking up the scariest alien scene of uh, alien abduction, but I'm not going to fire in the sky. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Oh. There's one clip. It's like a three-minute clip where he's literally abducted by aliens. So the big-eyed things. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the probes and the, the they're talking and they're – it's scary. Just Google I it. It's on YouTube. I think my favorite alien-related uh, media is the SNL uh, clip of the woman that constantly gets abducted and everyone else is telling the scientists what their experience was and hers was wildly different. And so, um, Are we talking like only anal probes? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, SNL quality okay. science content. So I get I get off track. So we've you we've, get off track. We've no nicknamed way. UFOs to UPOs or UAPs. 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 Unidentified astrological phenomena. So anomalous. I'm just I feel like they should be unidentified aerial phenomenon, but I digress. I have so, a great promo with me and William Garcia, and we talk about this. And I can't remember. I renamed them before NASA did. It's t- it was time. But I uh, – and it was a great acronym, but I can't remember it. Maybe it will play during the break. Well, the results of this meeting uh, were ultimately nothing of, of major report. But it came from a, uh, a year ago scientists – like 16 scientists got together and were like, we are going to formally begin investigating these phenomena that are constantly repeated because there is some validity to their uncertainty. We don't know what they are, but they are interesting. Um, and what they ended up discovering is that there's not a lot of data to determine what they are. They were unidentified for a reason, um, but that it was still compelling enough that they're going to continue to research it and uh, hope to release their final results at the end of July. So this rigorous scientific approach to very strange data is the newest development that NASA's got towards the exploration of UFOs. Isn't it? It's comical and frustrating, right? Like they they, they have to walk the line without just saying, mm, we, <laughs> we've seen some stuff. Because yeah. we've, we've seen the videos, right? There's been released videos. And from- they showed these videos at their press meeting. Like they were showing, like this was recorded. It was like three lights moving in a line. They're like, we have no idea what that was. And then I think back to the Kentucky meat shower, another explained oh unexplained phenomenon and i'm like i don't think we're ever gonna figure it out you can't just say kentucky meat (laughs) shower no only people that listen to the show religiously or or hear that show that you were on know what did she she did she just say because that just sounds like somebody got married and like had a lot of meat and it happened in kentucky or something like right the uh, kentucky meat shower that was a phenomenon where meat rained from the sky uh and nobody knows why why That's that a, happened. A real phenomenon. Like, we are trying to identify what st- some couple twinkling lights in the sky are. Whenever meat rains from the sky, we still don't know why. It's, and yeah, so, we don't know why meat rained from the sky. But the, the, some of the videos, me. first of all, the videos are crap. 
on yeah, these, on these naval planes. Rainy. We spend we up we gave the military a three percent raise, or we're giving or gave. Uh, which when when it's eight when the budget is eight hundred fifty billion dollars, you give a three percent raise. That's a lot. Uh, in the last five years, the military has gotten a three hundred billion dollar raise, so they're up, up to almost to nine hundred billion dollars a year we spend on the military. And the cameras they have on their jets are so crap that we can't. There's the it's like grainy eighties video from uh from Clark Griswold's you know <laughs> whole, like Christmas vacation. Uh, actually, but it's not even in color either. They're it's all not, outfitted with 2006 Blackberries. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy because the videos because in and in the crazy videos, I, I just remember one. It's just like a thing in the sky, and the guys are on in the jet are like, "What is that?" And then it just it's gone. Well, I I, I suspect that this new initiative into better analysis of this data will lead to requests to collect better data, including um, funding towards better cameras better surveillance or whatever else would be needed to catch a UFO. I know there are whole people out there who've designated their lives to this. I'm sure they have input on the best way to spin that funding. What did you call them? You what? Oh, I'm sorry. You UAPs. UAPs. See, you can't even do stick. You can't even, you have to put an S on it now because, because you can't do UAP. Cause we, I guess we say UFO because a lot of times I'll say UFO. And feels, not add the S because you gotta have that multiple. vowel at the end. It feels better. All right. Anyway, that. <laughs> so I just yeah. The long story short is NASA's like it's time for us to do something about this, uh, and then and they really met resistance. The interesting thing is that this, of course, led to a huge divide uh, where individuals who are like obviously there's aliens and those who are like obviously there's never been aliens. Um, and it's funny to me, depending on the news source uh, that you get the reports from, will will really clearly show um uh, they'll be like yeah then there's the people that say yeah there's aliens and then there's the reasonable people i'm like whoa that's unbiased but <laughs> um, how much of i was gonna say you're you're gonna get your phd in astrology but that's Astro- not right no that is that hurts my heart astrology <laughs> is not the but, same but in astronomy is is any of this part of astronomy I yes. get yep. like UFOs or the, uh, the existence of other life. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. this is. Yep, this is part of curriculum. Okay. I mean, not in the way that you're probably thinking, but right, um, probably not. Because I, I just want to know, like, space is pretty vast, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Since it's called space, uh, the, there's the percentage like has to be pretty high that somewhere else. I don't know, and and then there's qualifications like. There could be like an amoeba living somewhere on some planet, and uh-huh. that's probably exists now. Like, what is it? Tardigrades, right? Tardigrades, <laughs> yeah, tardigrades probably. We could probably land a tardigrade on Mars and then go f- try to find it later. It'll be and the it, one thing that can survive those conditions on right. Mars. It, it would be funny if we sent a tardigrade to Mars and then it just thrived and <laughs> dr- grew into a giant. I don't know. Like, we we would contaminate the planet of Mars before we even got there. Um, but the existence of life elsewhere is got to be. That's a, high. I mean, well, that, I mean, that's also a huge area of research. I mean, the scientists are constantly looking for planets that could sustain life, whether that it's Earth-like or not Earth-like. That's the that's the big question. But all right, and that leads our into our next conversation. This will probably continue after the break. But the existence of life, or the existence, the ability to sustain life on mm-hmm. Mars. So there's so many. So we we're, we're sending rockets. We have billionaires sending rockets in this space. I, I guess they're trying to go to Mars. There's always talk about like we want to go to and live on Mars. The, first of all, why? Because we're we're good here. <laughs> well, yeah. And, I mean, and, 
and unless you look at the Colorado River or something like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's enough. We'll get to that maybe we'll at the that. end of the show. But <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's in human nature to want to expand our horizons and live anywhere we can. Um, that's just part of it. We are explorers, and Mars is close and tantalizing. Um, why, why is it Mars and not Venus? Well, Venus is horrible uh, because the atmosphere is so thick and the sulfur is. Um, I mean, ultimately, even though is it Venus is, closer or further from the sun? Uh, it's closer to the sun. Okay, but the, the uh, greenhouse gases are runaway. It's it's an incredibly volatile planet, and it's also rotating in the wrong direction, which makes other things weird about it. It's just generally weirder and harsh, more harsh. So For what I'm saying is, on Venus. Mars, with all of its problems, still better than any of the other planets. Because I think it would be more realistic that instead of, because I've read some stuff about trying to live on Mars, which I threw at you and I'm going to make you talk about in a minute. But if A, it would be hard to get there. But if we're going to get there, then once we're there, it's ridiculous. We can't even live there. I think the better option would be, can we just go on, find Earth 2 somewhere? Are there planets out there that are better candidates for life than Mars? Yes, absolutely. We are finding them. Uh, James Webb is finding exoplanets that are really good, interesting candidates that are probably better than Mars. All right. I, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about just not even just getting to Mars, but some of that. But also like, hey, this is what it would be like to live on Mars. Uh, anyway, we'll be back after this. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me is UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist Spencer Wilkin. And we're at this point. You know, if you weren't listening before the break, we were talking about getting to Mars, living on Mars, how to get to Mars, why not Venus? Venus is spinning in the other direction. And then Brad Brad runs in and because he's got a take on this. Everyone has a take on on I mean, space, it's, it's right? a super fun subject. That's why and I want to study he, he six was, years of it. And he was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know why I just like started talking over you there. <laughs> just, if you could throw something at me while I do that, <laughs> no, that would be fine. great. Um, Something about what? Six years study? You've been... Oh, so I'm, uh, space is fun, so I'm going to be studying it for six years. Oh, is that how long it takes to get a PhD? How long it takes history? to get a PhD? Why is it so much... Is that typical of all PhDs? Or uh, just no. Uh, nope. Okay. Um, all right. So Brad, Brad said he was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is that deGrasse? Is it deGrasse? Neil deGrasse Never Tyson? said it out loud, I don't think. Um, and he said, like, essentially that... Well, how did he put it? That... We're never going to meet other life at this or something like that. So like, I mean, like if like there is no yeah, he, he was saying like the odds are nothing, right? Like if you think about the the, the bigness, the giant expanse <laughs> of space, then what are the odds that we actually get contact? Because think, Earth is mediocre, right? Like in the in the terms of other planets, our star is average. Honestly, under average. Like it is just so The sun? Fr- yes, our sun is Below so average? Yes, as far as stars go. What does that go, mean? Like what It's like tiny. Oh, it's little. It's a little star. Okay. It's just the it's it's a main sequence boring old star. Okay, when it's because it's little and mad. Yeah, like, it's like it's not output. interesting. It's, it's output is it's little. It's also not like Cuz I feel like it doesn't matter. Star. I feel like it doesn't matter how what the sun is. You can only go so far out a planet before it uh, right here is the sweet spot. Oh, the habitable the, zone. Where, yeah, although, every 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 star would have a habitable zone for um, us anyway. Yeah, based on Earth requirements, uh, but our stars just 
Because there could be some ice people that are are cool with living on Pluto, right? That's true. Yeah, there could be other forms of life that are more comfortable in other situations. But then there's the problem of having liquid water, which we often look at for a requirement. But I think what he's talking about is is something that's um, a really common phenomenon discussed in astronomy, which is called the Fermi paradox. Like, if we haven't... Fermi? Fermi. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Fermi is a, a physicist. Like, if there is advanced life... Okay, maybe he's a astrobio. Anyways, Fermi, I think... Well, he gets to name the thing because it's his paradox, even though his name is ridiculous. No, the Fermi, it's a great name. Um, Not for this. Well... It doesn't fit. Fermi sounds like a little, like, stuffed animal that I give to my dog. Like, here's a little Fermi for you. (laughs) I think I'm just connotating it with Fermi. But Brad mistook what DeGrasse Tyson said because... No, I mean... He took it as DeGrasse Tyson says, there's no life out there. And I take it as... There's just we're not. It's the odds of us colliding together are in my book is is, astronomical. Is is that where that comes from? Yeah, it's very. And then what you're saying is there's also the Fermi, the Fermi paradox. Like if if there's an advanced civilization that lives within a range that can contact us, like why hasn't it? Um, And and that's a very there's like at least twenty different reasons as to why that might be the case. Either. Maybe we don't know how to catch their signals. Maybe they never thought to direct it towards Earth because we're not interesting. Um, we speak different languages. They sp- can't, like, they don't have the ability or we don't have the ability to... They ha- Well, if they're, the get- assumption is that they're advanced enough that we could find some form of shared communication right. method. But there's so many other barriers beyond just sending a re- repeated non-organic signal that we'd have to find. Like, even if they found a way to send a signal out... Something. There's all these other barriers. Plus, they see our inadequate sun. Well, and they're like, Pfft. yeah, what a boring sun. <laughs> Such a boring sun. Okay, back to trying to get to Mars. Um, so let's just skip the head to the ability to get to Mars without destroying the ship. Because I want to just real quick. Uh, if you take a pebble that's the size of like what a millimeter, mm-hmm. real small, and it smashes into your ship in space. It totally is going to not not like destroy your ship, but it's going to cause some crazy damage mm-hmm. that that is going to hamper. So the idea that we fly from here is it still called flying if you're in space? I feel like it's coasting. You're kind of <laughs> like coasting into, but from here from Earth to Mars and not hit anything that's a millimeter in size that hits your ship. It's kind of amazing that we got a rover to Mars, but we don't have to sustain life on the whatever. Uh, ability ship that we took to yeah, take the rover there. So I, 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 I kind of wonder how, like, how much damage a ship gets when it goes, you know. Well, I mean, I think there's a, a pretty famous gravity, remember, with uh, George Clooney and uh, Bullock, Sandra Bullock, Sandra. Uh, where that their ship gets hit by a tiny piece of fast-moving debris, and um, it, I mean, it will just wreck a ship. Yep. And so it's really dangerous. Now, most of the space between Earth and Mars is empty. But as I mentioned earlier, we also just discovered a brand new moon. So okay. <laughs> we buried that the fact that Earth has another moon. Yes, like we, I think we, we should... will. We we need to come back to that. But let's just skip the travel to getting to Mars. Yes. And the, the, so the let's challenges say we there. get there. Let's now say we're on Mars. Avoid all the rocks, and we're going to live here. The fast rocks. Okay. So wh- why why is that kind of uh, to me when I when I read about this, I'm like, nope, we're not we're not going to live here ever again. This the Total Recall movie where they they live on Mars or. The Martian movie with Matt Damon, mm-hmm. where he's growing potatoes on Mars. None of that seems realistic to me after I read about Mars. So, um, 
terraforming Mars uh, is a really big challenge. There's there's two ways to live on Mars. There are ways to isolate yourself in a tiny little pod. That's like the most common yeah. way of that, and that would be a highly um, structured environment with equilibrized equilibrized uh, pressures and and all of that. But Earth, Mars, as it stands, is incredibly in. Um, Hospitable, specifically the dirt is inhabitable. I think you were right. Inhabitable, inhabitable or inhospitable. Okay. Um, it the dirt is toxic. Whenever so, it contains these these chemicals. These I think it's similar to chlorine, um, that is just emitted from the soil. Um, not great. Kill kills plants, kills humans. Uh, would definitely make us sick. Then additionally, whenever UV light light hits that soil, it breaks it down and makes it possibly even more toxic. That's just part one. Is part, UV yeah. light hitting the soil a lot? Yes, because it doesn't have a magnetic field. Uh, okay, that, which like, is part two. Of yeah, this part session. two is that it, it did not only is, well, it does have one. It's like 40 times weaker than Earth's uh, because our magnetic field is sustained by our core moving. Mars doesn't have that same benefit. Um, so it, that scientists actually think that might have been what killed Mars is its um, slow solidification of its core and mantle, but because it's smaller. The UV light isn't stopped by the electromagnetic waves, so those solar flares that we talked about earlier would be even more lethal, uh, and the uh, humans living on there would have a, generally called a bad time. Um, so there's UV light, toxic soil, and of course there are infamous dust storms of um, of Mars that would be. This is not your forte. No, you haven't studied Mars, so I threw I this on you. That's why, because you're thinking very hard right now. I am. How to how to like Vo- vocalize, like vocalize that Mars isn't the great. thing that because what you you know what you want to say, but um, but yeah, it just it seems crazy because uh, the soil is toxic, mm-hmm. and then when sun the sun hits it, it becomes more toxic. And then if we were just on Mars, like our oh, blo- our body our, would boil. Our blood or would boil. Oh man, how could I forget? So the pressure from the atmosphere uh, keeps our bodies all nice and together um here at earth but our body is not prepared for a lesser pressure um using what was it prvt pvt pressure (laughs) volume temperature if you uh decrease the pressure the temperature will then increase and your blood will boil is that is that every planet like that do we it's weird that we know that no uh, it has to be have a lesser pressure if it's more pressure no but i'm saying is is the pressure determined by the uh, uh, distance from the sun or is it just like anything like the spinning the core it's It's probably everything so the pressure of the atmosphere is determined by well so mars is smaller making it harder for the gravity to retain the air but there's less gravity too yes there's less gravity uh but that also loses air there's also nothing to produce like oxygen in the like heavier elements, you have a lot of nitrogen. Probably, uh, I was like, again. I don't do know we, Mars atmosphere. Why do we even? Head. Why do we even consider this? Like because we it's just close. Go, <laughs> because because it's we're close. humans. Because we watch the movies and we call them Martians, and, if we, and we think that try to live in Arizona. We look at Arizona and we're like, I want to live there. I think we can look at Mars the same way. Like uh, Arizona, no water, super dry. Generally, well, here's the hot. thing: it's like. We're 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 spending all this money to try to go to Mars and then eventually live there. We should spend all that money habit like terraforming Arizona. But one of those is more fun, and it's not Arizona. <laughs> but what? Are, but we're, but we're, we're we're trying to terraform Arizona right now because we are. We're, Arizona, and this is our next topic is is the Colorado River. The Colorado River, and we we got time. Okay, um, the Colorado River 
we've talked about this in the past. Mm -hmm. It's drying up. Yep. So there are ideas out there that we're going to take Mississippi water and pipeline it over to... Uphill. Uphill. Okay. (laughs) Forget that part. It's uphill both ways. If you go back and you'll find all the challenges that come with uh, piping Mississippi water to Arizona, to Nevada, because they don't, they don't, I guess they're all right now because they, they had a, they had a monsoon type. Yeah. They didn't have a monsoon, but for, for that area, it was basically a monsoon. Um, but yeah, so the Colorado river is drying up and we've, we've studied something. We've studied this a little bit, but the, the study that the government did would, whoopsie, we forgot a thing. <laughs> oh, they forgot about evaporation. Okay. So uh, what did they, what did they study? Uh, well, so they were looking at the ability for, um, like now, it really was. It's a political study more than a scientific study. They, frankly, they neglected a lot of the science aspects. Um, Do they're we know like, who they are? Um, Do we the just politi- yeah, uh, it's actually the Biden administration who yeah. brokered this deal. Um, they they came up with the stop new- talking. We cannot talk bad about the president. Oh. No, I'm just okay, so <laughs> they so didn't the do a Biden, great job. Biden administration uh, botched this study, but they were study. They were trying to study what I keep it. Uh, they were, so they were trying to determine how much water would be left and how you can stretch it out um, to 2025. A very short period of time. Like, all right, we have this much water in the Colorado. Asterisk that they were wrong. Um, we need to allocate it to sustain all these alfalfa fields and all these farmers. How can we stretch it out long enough? And they neglected a couple major parts of, like, the way the water cycle works. And they over-allocated, once again, the amount of water that is going to be in the river. Uh, So a lot of scientists came out about the deal, and they're like, this is just, I mean, this is an improvement. It's less water. It's more realistic, but it doesn't account for a lot of At least we're thinking about it. We're trying. But the one thing that you, I know, I remember you mentioning before the show was just they didn't take into account evaporation yeah that's and when you're part. when you're it's just frustrating because arizona nevada <laughs> it's pretty hot there so like all that water is always going to evaporate unless you put maybe like a tarp over the river well i so like that is such a it's a small part of the problem but the overall problem is that they still assume there's more water than what there is and so they are trying to do these mitigating factors but it doesn't solve anything it doesn't bring any water back obviously and is it's that- still pulling more water than there is. Is it kind of hard? It's probably hard to determine how much water because you go to the start of the Colorado River. I have no idea where that, maybe in the mountains of Colorado, mm-hmm. um, and how much water is going to start, right? I mean, it's, to a, get it's to admittedly the very difficult to predict. I mean, the weather they just had was fantastic for the river, right. right? Like all these new kayaking businesses that were just about to shut down are now reopened because of the amount of water. It's just the plan they put in place is has to get them not only the rest of this year, but the next one and the next one. And this year is going to be very unique uh, climate-wise and weather-wise because it's uh, two conflicting phenomenon. El Nino, which is apparently going to cool things down, and, of course, the ever-constant slow chug of climate change. So we are going to see an intersection, uh, which ultimately is going to lessen the effects of climate change for a year before it returns to normal. Terraforming? Can we just terraform Arizona? In my in my head, well, we just trying. need to. Can we just plant? We just plant a billion trees and then use and then water them. Do you think the dirt in Arizona is toxic, like it is in Mars? Because well, toxic maybe. in a different way. I don't <laughs> think it's toxic like it is in Mars, right? Because can you just again the dirt in on Mars is like, it breaks down like was it? I think it was chlorine, some kind of chlorine that broke down in the air. Right. From the like, dirt. can we touch the dirt? Like that, uh, you don't know. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know in, chemistry. In six years, we'll bring you back. 
I will come back you... with an answer. Can we safely handle <laughs> we, Mars dirt? We should just we should just find someone in at Illinois or somewhere and just have <laughs> like bring a Mars expert on, right? Like to just throw all our Paging ridiculous all Mars questions experts on uh, at them. Yeah, um, tell right. about these science camps real quick. I gotta take oh, a pause. Oh yeah, okay. So UW Lacrosse political political science. Do that every time. Because <laughs> tomorrow is UW Lacrosse political science. UWL outreach specialist Spencer Wilkin in studio with us talking science. Obviously, if you haven't been listening, uh, if you're just tuning in, but we gotta you you do have these. Okay, so these always seem to fill up the kids camps and yes, stuff like that. This Are is a they very full, short or, list. Or, or is there ability here for people to get involved? There is a couple spaces left. Uh, there are three camps. All the rest of the camps are full. So Hands-On Science has a couple seats left. This is my personal favorite program. If you enjoy all these science subjects, well, luckily our professors on campus also enjoy them and want to teach about their passions. Uh, all, all different ranges of um, science, including um, anthropology, um, the, like, there's a math session, a lot of different science Give me subjects. an example Chemistry. of something kids would be doing on hands-on science. Like, is uh, there a good example? Well, yeah. Last time they all were um, uh, up in a science lab actually doing experiments, like with all the lab equipment, uh, with liquid nitrogen. And I think they were trying to make f- different kinds of foods with it um, with, in the lab. And they were, making, like, are they making lab meat? No. <laughs> No lab meat, I think, was more like sweet treats. Because when you say hands-on science, all I think is they're exploding volcanoes. Uh, not quite that. It's, is it more it's, sophisticated? It's, it is a little bit more. Like, I think you'll be surprised at how smart these kids are. Like, they would get a little bored with – they've already done volcanoes. <laughs> that was like these, grade school. Yeah, they, this is like they, – they did that at home. Um, but if you have a, 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 a no kid or are a kid that likes science, hands-on science. Two all other right. ones we have, Art Adventures, if you like art. It's it's just you get a good, there's a book made bookmaking session, um, like printing session that is actually sorry that one is full but the other days are not um, there's like three spots left and the finally this one's really unique this is a one time event that we're hosting the youth, the youth media summit um, and so if you are between the ages of 18 and 24 and you are tuning in uh, this. We have scholarships to pay for a two-week-long conference on our campus. If you are interested in, in movie-making, communication, theater, arts, acting, it is an international camp. So we only have seven slots for people from the U.S. Um, to attend, and everyone else is going to be from a different country. There's like 60 or 70 other attendees. And we, are, we have applications open for three individuals from lacrosse. So if you are interested, please email me. Uh, you can just Google Spencer Halsey Lacrosse UWL. You'll find it. Is it still Halsey? Yes, on okay. on the internet it is. H U L S E Y. Yep, you can find me. Uh, reach out because we have this conference coming at the end of July, you, early August. Can you also give me an example of something these kids would be doing in this? Yeah. So, well, I say kids. They're actually yeah, eighteen young adults. to twenty-four. I, uh, yep. Young right. adults. Um, and they will actually be going around Champagne. Well, not Champagne. Lacrosse. It's a long day, guys. Uh, they'll go around Lacrosse and filming on issues that are pertinent to uh, the area, like anything from poverty to discrimination to gender rights, uh, the environment. They're going to go create films on issues that our residents are facing, and then they actually get to show them to the community. Like your final project, at the end of the two weeks, you are going to be showcasing your film at a location which I am not allowed to disclose because (laughs) it's a surprise. Do we know when that happens? Yep, that is uh, August 5th. Okay, so they have. It's not that much time to two do weeks. that. That's oh, and they only oh, have to do it all in two weeks. Do it My all, God, yeah, I've seen lot. these films and they are incredible. 
Yeah. Yep, and they actually get to partner with uh, individuals from other countries to make these films. So, All right. And we have a scholarship. It's free to attend. All right, everybody. So look up Spencer Halsey at UW Lacrosse and email her if you want to get more information on getting your 18 to 24-year-old mm-hmm. son or daughter, or if you're 18 to 24, because hopefully those people are listening too, uh, involved in this. Um, all right, we're going to take one more break, and we're going to talk about the new moon, in uh, the Earth's new moon, apparently. When we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me is UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist Spencer Halsey. She just did her rundown of things going on this summer and that last one that you talked about that I can't name off the top of my head, the IYMS, International Youth Media Summit. That one sounds very advanced (laughs) and incredible kind of. And what, three three lacrosse people? Yep, three scholarships. Uh, so you have to email me, and I'll send you the information. Uh, but it's uh, you get to stay in the dorms for two weeks, and we actually all meals included, a couple fun excursions. Yeah, this is the thing. Like when I was a kid, it was basketball camp, and that was the thing that I did. But if you d- if you you want to get your kid involved in something that's campy but not sporty, this is this seems like a perfect thing, and yeah. it's kind of difficult. I would imagine it's kind of difficult. This to this get is in. actually like I mean the skills you are going to be learning. You're actually going to be we bring in. Uh, resident mentors to actually talk about these issues like very in-depth all right so the last two sciencey things i want to talk about first of all do we earth has a new moon is it how can we compare it to the old moon that no. we have is there is it tiny is it just... it's it's 50 feet across that's why we haven't discovered it even though it's been here since 100 bc oh or God. as the article says three suvs so we just discovered uh, a brand new moon and what this means is we are sharing an orbit with a big rock uh, that is acting similar to a moon like do we have to be afraid of this thing no what if it just decides it's going to smash into us uh that would be that would be let's just send it i just say well at least we have mars we as a backup sh- we could shoot it down right 50 feet yeah that's like we have I, eyes on this is thing that armageddon is that the one where yeah. they shoot the yeah. Well, they don't shoot it down. They land on Blow it, and, it up. and drill. Anyways. We only have 30 yeah. seconds now. But, um, yeah. So we have a new moon. In case it comes to Earth, we'll send Bruce Willis up to kill it. Although Bruce Willis has pretty de- deteriorating health issues right now. Um, I think he'd still do it. And Also, we've discovered a new new dinosaur, and it has yes. a toothbrush head. It has a toothbrush head. Uh, they found a fossil of a dinosaur with a bunch of bristles on what the top we, of its head. What are we calling it? Toothbrush uh, head? Yeah, honestly. Toothbrushosaurus. Toothbrushosaurus. Boom, there it is. Thanks, Spencer. 